Hi, my name is Kevin Welsh. Uh, I'm with Integro Group and I was in charge of the lead project management of this site, primarily managing the coordination and implementation of the different sustainability features. So we're currently standing beside Superior Street looking at the Capitol Park uh, buildings A1 and A2, which is the first and second phase of the Capitol Park development. The two office buildings, which will serve as future office space for the government of BC. We're listening to the number three bus go by, suggesting that the site is a well-connected community transit-oriented development, which supports good accessibility to everybody who both works and lives here. Before we enter the lobbies of either 525 or 545 Superior Street buildings, we're looking at the courtyard shared between the two. It includes a healthy mix of both hardscape and landscape to support an open, enjoyable atmosphere for the occupants of both buildings, better supporting the ideas around open space and community connectivity which both buildings were seeking. Hi, my name's John Floyd. I'm the project manager for the development. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We're starting here, standing with our backs to the historical Victoria Legislature. Uh, in proximity to the fountain. Uh, looking across Superior Street, you're on the central axis of the new Capital Park development. Uh, immediately in front of you is our retail pavilion. The space is designed to be somewhere that the neighborhood can congregate, can come to enjoy a coffee, bring their lunch, have a picnic, where office workers can come outside to enjoy some time in the sun. As we walk further through the plaza towards Good Earth Coffee, to your immediate right, you will see a collection of three distinct water features. They are a combination of reflecting pool, a waterfall feature, as well as a spray feature. The spray feature is, a, is an interesting composition of an area that is always wet and an area that is dry except for when the jets are active. So when you see bubbles coming up around your feet, be careful and move out of the splash zone or you risk getting wet. Plants and materials for the plaza were selected to be both native, drought tolerant, beautiful to look at, as well as reflective again of the West Coast environment. The wood material that you see around you is ipe, a natural hardwood with an incredibly durable and significant lifespan. It's so hard and dense that it requires very little treatment and will survive outdoor environments for a significant length of time. Also mixed into the central plaza are large Corten steel elements. Corten is a beautiful steel material that's designed to rust. Uh, in common terms, it's called bridge steel. It's designed to rust a certain amount, at which point it then seals and doesn't rust any further. So its use in, in structures like bridges was so that ultimately they would stand the test of time. However, here they're used more architecturally just for the, the beautiful red that they add to the elements. The building is clad primarily in terracotta with a grey zinc accent. Um, to provide an accent colour there are bands of red just to offset and pick up the brick which is ubiquitous in the James Bay neighbourhood. The building also contains a significant amount of glass to allow extensive clear views for the building occupants. Uh, all of these assemblies together provide a higher than average performance of energy efficiency to allow the high performance high performance HVAC system of the building to function effectively. So we've now crossed Superior Street and we're standing on the south side underneath the canopy of 525 Superior. 
What we're looking at beside us here is the bike lane that was introduced as part of the development, which both supports the commuters going to and from the site, as well as through the James Bay neighborhood. The site provides good access to a number of different amenities which support the carless commuter. For example, within the residential building beside the two office buildings on Superior Street, we have a grocer and a library offering tenants the opportunity to pick up food and walk to their amenities rather than get in their car and drive and produce emissions associated with using your vehicle. The site also contains a bunch of other smaller features for carless commuters. For example, the office buildings themselves were built with a bicycle storage and changing facility to support people trying to get to work and ultimately use those facilities to avoid using their cars instead. Other neat features of the project in the bicycle and change facilities include a bike fix station, which is a small collection of tools that allows the bicycle commuter to effect modest repairs to their, to their bike while, while at work. You've got both public transit, you've got canopies which provide sheltered pedestrian access and you have a segregated bike lane that is buffered from the street by planted areas to provide a safe commuting corridor for cyclists to the building and through the James Bay neighborhood. Historically this site was the location of surface parking and a collection of buildings that had been built in the early 50s that were referred to internally as the temp buildings having well exceeded their their lifespan at 60 years plus before removal those buildings were safely removed to allow the construction of the new development also located on this site were five heritage houses uh, collectively being on average 100 plus years each um, as part of the project three were retained relocated and renovated into small rental residential units the other two houses were removed from the site but retained within the James Bay neighborhood. They were relocated by uh, by trailer to the to the Inner Harbor where they were barged around past Ogden Point to Dallas Road, pulled up at a very specific tide level and located on a site on Dallas Road where they have been renovated and sold to new occupants. Interestingly, this is not the first time the houses had been relocated. At least two of the houses had been previously relocated. In the early 1900s, at the time, I understand the work to have been done by Clydesdales and logs. So as challenging as it was to relocate them now, you know, the use of modern technology certainly made it a little more simple than the last time it was relocated. From our current location in the central courtyard, we can enter either building and discuss the number of sustainability features. For the purposes of our conversation today, we'll turn right and head towards 525 Superior. As we walk through the front doors of the lobby of 525 Superior, it's important to take this point to acknowledge that we stand on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking people. To your immediate right is a beautiful totem pole piece by Coast Salish artist Butch Dick. You're greeted by a double volume space clad with natural finishes, wood, steel, and a tile that looks like stone, intended to reflect the, the materials of the West Coast. Uh, straight ahead of you are the building's elevators, which allow you to access all levels from the parkade to the upper floor. And on this level as well is the access to the fitness amenity that serves the building. 
Having come in through the front door, the first thing you may notice is the overall reduction in noise relative to the street frontage, as well as the comfortable temperature that we're currently sitting in. The space uh, and the entire building is served by a high-performance mechanical system, uh, including high-performance filtration dedicated to removing exterior particulates like dust and pollen from the indoor air before it gets circulated amongst the people. Uh, we've also walked in over a pedigrid system designed to effectively serve the same thing by removing the dirt and debris from your feet before you bring it into the interior space, all in support of improving the indoor environment and people's well-being inside their workspace. Heating to the main lobby is actually provided by in-floor radiant. So you're walking over a network of pipes that actually raises the temperature of the floor to create a radiant heat effect in the space. This is a slightly different approach than the balance of the building, where on the office floors, heating and cooling is provided by a radiant system in the ceiling. Radiant heat is a, an exciting concept for us to explore. And the easiest way to give a simple analogy of it is to think of a, either a sort of a cold, you know, winter day where air temperature might be seven degrees. The sun comes out, you take off your jacket. Sun goes behind a cloud, you put your jacket on. Air temperature hasn't changed. Why is that? We're much more acclimatized to that radiant energy. The second example being a campfire. We all know that sitting by a campfire at night is quite comfortable. You move too, too far away and you're, you're cold again. And again, this is not a function of the temperature of the air. That's unchanged. It's at proximity to radiant heat. So that, utilizing that ability to derive comfort to provide heating and cooling to the occupants of the building is quite an exciting change. It's, this is not a typical system. This project is actually the first full deployment of a functional system in Western Canada that we are aware of. In the context of the way we build buildings, the Radiant system also delivers a more efficient way of providing heat to the space. Where traditionally we would rely on moving the, hot, the heating and cooling energy through a water or a refrigerant medium into the space and then passing air through that, the Radiant system allows us to effectively bring that heat directly into our space and not rely on fans or other means of moving that heat. Uh, the advantage there being that we save a dramatic amount of electricity relative to a typical building using a fan coil system or a different type of mechanical system for heating and cooling. To achieve greater occupant comfort, the building was designed to maximize sunlight penetration into, into interior spaces, utilizing extensive areas of glass, uh, coved ceilings on the upper levels to allow sunlight to penetrate at least two or three feet more than you would see in a typical office building. Uh, the building is also designed with a, with a high-performance lighting system that is, is intended to actually read or sense the level of light provided by the, ex the sunlight penetrating into the building and dim the lights appropriately so that you don't actually utilize more electricity for lighting than absolutely necessary. So we're going to head out of the lobby here and up onto the roof so we can take a look at the site and discuss a little bit about the vegetation and some of the landscaping intents of the project. As you've heard, we've now reached the fifth floor. We are now going to take the service stairwell to access the mechanical penthouse on the roof. We're now standing on the main roof of the 525 Superior Building. The roof was designed with a high reflective roof surface to assist in reducing the heat island effect as well as a combination of extensive green roof plantings. 
What the vegetation means in the context of the site is that we're supporting a reduced runoff of stormwater when it hits our roof, as well as trying to manage the amount of solar radiation that we have getting absorbed into some of the harder finishes of the roof, which then later emit heat during cooler hours, uh, effectively producing what's called the urban heat island effect. What's also interesting about the roof is some of the conduit that we have lying around up here. What it represents is the future capacity and consideration for things like solar PV should the project ever choose to implement such things as a means of reducing its energy consumption. The Capital Park development, primarily the two commercial buildings, 525 Superior and 545 Superior, were conceived as sharing a number of mechanical and electrical elements for efficiency. We're standing now inside the mechanical penthouse which houses the boilers and hot water tanks and storage tanks for 525 Superior. On the roof outside the penthouse are the air to water heat pumps which provide primary heating and cooling for the building. Later on in the tour we'll take you down to the basement to the main mechanical plant room which is shared between both buildings. What we're listening to in the background is the sound of a number of pumps whirring, circulating domestic hot water and heating hot water throughout the site. This hot water is produced by condensing boilers, which are effectively a more efficient means of recycling the heat within the system and reducing the amount of natural gas we use in order to bring that hot water up to the temperatures we need it inside the building. So as we stand on top of the building, looking at the extensive vegetated roof, we can see the irrigation pipes sticking out near the end of the vegetation. It's purple in color to indicate that the water being used for irrigation is in fact rainwater that we've captured from the roof, retained in a storage tank between the two buildings, and then reused within the building for non-potable purposes. This water serves many different purposes in the building. For example, both in offsetting 100% of the water we would use for irrigation for the site, as well as being used inside the building for flushing toilets and urinals, further offsetting our demand for potable water. So having just walked out of the elevator lobby into the parkade, we're looking at the main level of parking serving both the office buildings and the residential building. The entirety of the Capitol Park site, nearly six acres at completion, is covered by a single level of parking. The parkade, while joined, is divided into different areas to serve the commercial and residential aspects of the site. Other interesting features within the parkade include locations for electrical vehicle charging, as well as carpool and dedicated accessibility stalls. What this means to the average commuter for the project is that we're able to provide the types of infrastructure they need to incentivize the use of high efficiency vehicles or share their cars with others in order to reduce the overall single occupancy vehicle use. As we had mentioned earlier, the project's intent of trying to deliver opportunities for the occupant to use less fuel in their commutes to work is supported by what we're looking at in the parkade right now. Just to our left in the parkade, we're looking at what appears to be a submarine hatch sticking out of the wall. The sign above it indicates that that's in fact the cistern, or part of the rainwater reuse system we had talked about earlier. It collects on an annual basis about 600,000 litres worth of water to be reused on site for irrigation and non-potable water uses. So that wraps up our tour of the Capital Park development. Thank you for joining us today. For me, the most gratifying part of this entire process 
was the creation of a space that so many members of the public, tenants and occupants, could come to and enjoy. Not all projects are created equal and for me, I, I like to judge a project by the positive impact on a community and by all accounts the feedback we've had from the neighbourhood and the occupants here is that people are happy to be here, it's a welcome addition to the neighbourhood and it has generally made this neighbourhood and Victoria the better for having been completed. Looking at at both buildings combined, especially in the larger context of the Capital Park development. I think the thing that excites me most is really what they represent from the perspective of sustainable and innovative building design. As mentioned earlier, when we look at the types of mechanical systems proposed here or the solutions around rainwater capture and reuse, I think they represent and embody a, a larger commitment to trying to find practical solutions to the sorts of issues that we face, especially in new developments. And the fact that they were able to do that and package it in such a beautiful site and such a good contribution to the neighborhood, it's really something that's interesting and boasts well for the, the marriage between a green building and also a sustainable community.